Simo and Redman are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey folks, welcome to episode 7 of the Thong Slappers. You're here with Simo and mate, here you going, Red, all right? Yeah, well? good mate. I'm actually as hungry as Harold Holt's dog. <laughs> you got to feel sorry for that dog, don't you? Well, He's uh, been waiting a while. Uh, poor, like old Red Dog. <laughs> mate, look, oh, a couple of things too. Look, uh, I know you wanted to have a bit of a, a quick chat about some of the um, Thong Slappers 2018 Gen Y of the Year, but can you just remind me, two episodes ago, I said I was going to talk about Flying Doctors and the influence that had with 1991 <laughs> and Cuts, and I yes. totally, totally forgot. So, mate, after you've done that, I'm just going to like cross my fingers, but I'll forget why I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> So if you can just remind me, we'll talk about that too. So off you go, mate. I'm ready ready and raring to go. Righto. We've got our obviously our Gen Y of the Year uh, contest, I suppose. It's for, to win a Street Machine magazine subscription. But I was just a little bit worried, uh, Simon. Right. Obviously, I think that we need to better understand the stress and unrealistic goals that we can place <laughs> on Gen Y with our promotion. I think, you know, I feel, I feel we're better off encouraging participation awards instead of actually have a best entry. Right. Okay. How about we offer a hundred first place participation awards? Eh? What can we have for a prize? Oh, mate, it's going to have to be something good. Otherwise, they'll turn their noses up at it. Hey, You'd have it. to almost like give them each like a, a brand new iPhone or something for it to be just not you know snubbed at. What I don't about know if we, what about know. we give them ten liters of striped patina paint? <laughs> Is that or, to go with the top knot? Yeah, that'll work. Or forty-five kilos of Melbourne bourbon vanilla beard balm delivered in an old. Barber's mug at a pop-up coffee shop. I don't know. <laughs> it couldn't be 45 kilos. It'd have to be in 90 packages of 500 grams or less. So, you know, we don't want to upset work cover or the safety department having yeah. somebody yeah. lift over 500 grams. But uh, on a serious note, right, these are some people that have sent in the entries and we are very thankful for oh, all, of, all that's sent in. There's been some crackers. Can I just say quickly, the thing that I think is actually kind of quite funny and entertaining in the same way is the amount of Gen Y of the Year applicants who are actually trying to distance themselves from being classed as a Gen Y. I know. You know <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nearly the opening line, everyone. I, I, my age may be right, but I'm not part of Gen Y. I actually <laughs> had, had to write a little bit of a thing to Belair Breno. That's his name. I, I, when you say somebody's name on Instagram, do you say that at – and the underscore and all that? Or do you just say it as a kind of... I can just say their name, Bel Air Breno. People can work oh. it out. She'll be right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he writes to me, oh, he wrote, you know, we're not all out there crashing skylines with top knots and, and you know, sipping latte and avocado <laughs> smashing stuff. So I just had to explain to him quite seriously. I said, look, we're just taking the mickey, mate. We're not, you know, once you reach 40, that's what you do. You and I, Simon, who took the piss out of us? It was the fucking baby boomers. Oh, yeah. So we were 20, and they were fucking yeah. hardcore. They survived a couple of wars, man. They drove column shift HQs. They're only one generation removed from, like, World War soldiers and stockmen and shearers and stuff, man. Yeah. Gen Y are pretty lucky. We just kind of half, you know, take the piss just with an email oh. or two. They didn't have to actually duck the shit that was getting thrown. Well, see, the thing is, we're just too scared of being sued for, like, looking at them the wrong way. But, mate, when I started my mechanical apprenticeship, I just knew I was going to get greased. Like, that was just... That was just, you know, almost like a birthright to do the trade. And, mate, I got hammered to the point where the, the guys, a couple of the guys that work with, they got a, um, like, a broom 
and they actually, because I was wearing overalls, they stuck the broom handle from one arm, like one hand, through the sleeve of the overall across the back of my shoulders and out the other sleeve on the other side. And they hung me up between the, like the, the rails of a four-poster hoist. So I was hung up like Christ on the crucifix up there. And then I got greased to the eyeballs. And I had really long hair too. And I came out looking like I had this big like buffont going on. And to actually get down, I had to jump, like sort of use my body and jump up and down until I snapped the broom handle to get down. They would just leave me there. So try doing that now, you'd be on friggin' a current affair, and oh, you just everything wrong would go. You know. I know, but it probably probably took a bit of the pep out of you too. You, you, you know, yes sir, no sir, kind of took a bit of the pep out of you. I bet. <laughs> Difference was though, they just gave you a beer and your best of mates. Like it wasn't, yeah, you know, well, any right. sort of drama. Like no one's dad came down and said anything of anything. My dad was on their side. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, give a bit of fire. <laughs> so I need to give it. I need now. This might be me using Gen Y words. I don't even know. It's going to sound funny as I said it, but I need to give a shout out. So, I'm going to, so you're right. But can I do that, or do you, I don't know? How no, you can sh- do you can do the shout outs. That's fine right with on. me, mate. Well, hold on. Just I haven't. I've never done one. So just give me one second to get back here a bit. So hold on. Okay. Hi, Hamish Garbutt. Is that what you do? <laughs> <laughs> near enough to shit is the swearing mate as far as I'm concerned so no that sounds good hey you know what that's just a Gen X spin on a shout out that's how it should be done you know no texting someone a shout out or a, a like for a like what about a like for a dislike or give someone the finger for a dislike that's like you know that's probably much better I reckon it is he he wrote to us Hamish actually wrote us quite a, a couple of good little emails and we are thankful mate um, and he says big hello mate I'm keen this is his words quote I'm keen on top loaders V5 cylinders 308s, Commodore front ends on Kingwoods. And I'm like, fuck it, all right. I welcome, I actually went back, welcome aboard. Yeah, he sounds like he might be an illegitimate child of yours, perhaps. Oh, there's a few of them. I mean, <laughs> sorry, it's a bit, <laughs> Specs bit, like bit, that. Seriously. Bit, yeah. Another guy, uh, a great guy, actually, I really enjoyed his, his stuff, was Cliffo61. Yeah. So he says he owns a complete... He, uh, he reckons he's eligible to enter in our contest. He owns a complete 83 to 92 collection of street machine mag. Yeah, okay, that's, that's pretty that's cool. It. He owns a, th- a 308 ute, and he spells it Y-O-O-T. Look, I'm never going to criticise anyone's spelling. We know that. No, that's right. He, owns, he owns a black EH, but one of the best things that he owns or he's ever modified. Did you see the photo I put up of his dad's wheelbarrow? Oh, with the flame job. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I liked it. Yeah. I pissed myself. I went, and same thing, I said, yeah, mate, you're definitely in it. And so one one final entry that we'll do with this um, this week is a guy, Bren NYC, like Brendan, New York City, but Bren NYC is obviously Australian. He goes, I'm a massive fan of the Humpy. Oh, cool. Mate, they're going to live on past us, aren't they, Humpies? Yeah. They, I'm, I'm, I'm fans of them too. I'm a very big fan. And he's, he's building or built them. I think it's finished. A Model T. I had a look at his profile. I went on there and had a look. A Model T Ford with his pop with a two-liter Escort engine. And, mate, it is spot on. Yeah, nice work. That's I might the guy. So yeah, it's 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 really excellent. So we've left a fairly long lead time on the competition. So you guys are right to, to keep in, and, and we will get round to you. Or we appreciate them all. And if they if we've missed you on this episode, or we don't pick you up on the next episode, it's just because we're fucking hopeless. It's not because yeah, you pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Look, we're dr- we're drawing that on June thirty, and also don't forget hashtag Moot as well. There's actually been a lot of people doing the hashtag Moot for us, and we really appreciate that. So you know, it's just a bit of fun. 
it's just a bit of fun between us all. So just ignore the Malamute dogs that come up with hashtag Mut as well. So, hey, yeah, what you doing like, behind your own doors? Up to you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, scares me too. But anyway. All right, so let's, let's let's kick on a little bit. Do you want to? Uh, that's you got anything to add to the Gen Y of the year? Mate, look, I'll just do a quick, nothing really for Gen Y of the Year, but I just want to do a quick a bit of, we've got some pretty good re- reviews on iTunes, so if anyone gets a chance to do a review on iTunes, it really helps us out, but <laughs> this one I have to read out. This is from OMG WTF Zombie, right? So he's got to be Gen Y with the sounds of that, but when you actually read his, his feedback, it's not. Okay, I quote, my tinfoil hat must have slipped off and the thong slapper's mind rays have penetrated my dome. It's like I grew up with Simon Redman and shared all my childhood and pubescent, in brackets, not all my pubescent experiences, which is probably pretty lucky for us, come to think of it, experiences with them. Whilst I've drunk so much whiskey and smashed too many cones, I have too much pain to remember it all. These boys have covered... Hang on, I can't even read this. Oh, sorry. These boys... I've just written over it with Nico Pen for some stupid reason. Um, these boys have me covered for nostalgic shits talking. Can't wait for more. So thanks very much. Oh, my God, what the fuck, Zombie? We appreciate the feedback. <laughs> if anyone gets on iTunes and gives some feedback, we'd appreciate it too. So That's fairly well written, actually. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought so too. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying talking to a few... I, Social media is all new to me and stuff, and I'm actually enjoying that side of when somebody yeah. puts something up. And then obviously we're all busy, mate. That's the thing. Everybody's just so busy, but it's great when you just, you know, a uh, guy, a guy I've okay. got a big thank you out. It's John K. Image or whatever, but I don't want to get too tied up. He's really sent me some excellent stuff, as have a lot of people who mightn't get a mention, but I've, all, I've definitely personally thanked each one of them. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Mate, we better get kicking on with 91, yep. eh? Just wrap up the last of 1991. And it's not that we're trying to drag it out to three episodes. It's just that we keep forgetting about stuff we're going to talk about. Do you find that? You've got your notes in front of you if you've got notes, and then you just read over the top of it. What's the go with that? I think we could fill Sydney Harbour with the shit that I forget. <laughs> okay. Listen, now, my fingers are crossed for a reason. That's because of the Flying Doctors. Now, 1991, <laughs> the Flying Doctors. I know. Look, just bear with me. I know you're thinking, what the fuck is he talking no, about? You just have to bear with me. There's some really cool car stuff to do with the Flying Doctors, all right? So, cast your mind back and all this stuff's on YouTube if you don't believe me. The thing I liked about the Flying Doctors was the bad guys always drove panel vans. And me being a massive panel van fan, whenever someone new would rock into town who was a bit, you know, a bit dodgy, a bit left to centre, they'd be driving a panel van. Now, of course, in 1991, like, say, an HZ Sandman or something, that was, what, 13 years old. So they were kind of at that point where there was, you know, quite a lot around still. And, like I said, you know, the new mechanic rocked into town. He was a bit dodgy. He was driving, like, a really cool gunmetal grey, like a HZ or HX Sandman-looking thing. One of the doctors, his bad boy brother, came to town. He actually drove a custom silver panel van, which had all murals and stuff on it and flares. And that van actually stayed in the show for quite a long time. But, and there's even actual scenes of it doing circle work, like on some airstrip or something. But the, the one I want to talk to you about the most, and I'll put some photos up of this, and this really interests me because I'm obviously a Valiant Panel Van fan. But Crawford Productions, who, you know, did so many shows like yeah. Strange. Yeah, exactly. You know, you had stuff like, yeah, exactly. The Sullivans, the Flying Doctors, all these shows. 
Now, Chrysler were the people who supplied cars to Crawford Productions. And back in the days of, like, Homicide and... Do you remember Matlock Police? Sure. That show? Love Matlock Police. It was a great show. Whenever I'd be home sick as a kid from school or something, it was always on during the daytime. I used to love it. It had Valiant and they had, like, HG Monaro cop cars and stuff. But one of the... Um, like, those early shows and also Bluey, which was another show, another police show that Crawford's did... They needed a panel van, like a divvy van, to use as a police van. And because Valiant and Chrysler weren't making panel vans back in the VH days, what they actually did was, and they were the sole supplier, they couldn't use Holden or Ford. The guys who supplied the cars for Crawford's, they actually got a VH Valiant Ute, so a 71-72 model, and they actually cut the turret off a Holden panel van and put it onto this Valiant Ute, right? And this thing was pretty popular throughout early shows, like I said, like I mentioned before, like Matt Lock Police and stuff. But you could tell it wasn't a genuine type of Valiant panel van because of the, the turret had the guttering going around it like a Holden does. But anyway, the interesting thing was, as a kid, I remember watching Flying Doctors, and here's this panel van, but it's now got a baddie driving at someone being chased by the local coppers or whatever. So the thing's been painted matte black, and of course, to make it you know, easier to keep it more modern through the early shows, it used to get the new nose cone as the as the years went by, so the VH turned into a VJ, then into a VK. But I remember watching this episode, and here these bad guys in this valiant ute with a Holden roof on it, looking like a panel van, and they've obviously dug it out of the back lot at Crawford's to use for a thing, and they actually wrote the thing off in the show. Just devastated, but... It was a pretty cool thing, and I'd love to know whatever happened to it, but I'll post some photos of it, and anyone who kind of finds that stuff interesting, maybe it's only me. Maybe everyone else is switching off now. Just just to butt in, that is very interesting. That's why I'm here, mate. That is awesome. The different front ends, they'd put the hold, and that is excellent stuff. That's why I'm here, to be honest. Sorry to... Well, you know, know, I'm like you, mate. I love cars, and I love all the little tidbits that go along with cars, too, and especially Australian stuff. And, um, yeah, sorry, look, I'll definitely post some photos up of that. It'd be great if you could get them photos up. Yeah, that's really... That is interesting. That's good stuff, mate. Yeah, cool. Hey, um, so, mate, I, I guess one thing I really wanted to talk about, too, and I know you've got a bit to talk about with V8 supercars, and that's definitely your area of expertise. Like, I don't really know a lot about it, but, mate, I remember back in 1991, I actually had glandular fever when Bathurst was on. I was really crook, and I kind of, it was the first Bathurst I'd watched for a really long time, and on the Saturday, I was sort of, you know, floating past, and my dad said, oh, hey, Brocky's about to do his Hardy's Heroes lap on the yeah. Saturday, the flying lap. Mate, in that it was a VN, I think it was. Yep. Have you seen that footage? Like, do you remember that, or have you seen that on YouTube? That is incredible. I have seen it on YouTube. It's probably a slow lap, but it's great visual. It's it's really good to hear it from inside the cabin. He's just got the thing pinned. Big time, big time. He's got it like up on two wheels and he cuts it a bit, so, you know, gets a bit out of shape here and there. But that is just amazing footage. And I've watched that quite a few times on YouTube since. And it's funny that the guys who did the commentary, um, oh, I can picture him. I just uh, yeah. someone or other. Anyway, I can picture the, the big guy with the glasses and you can just hear them. It's probably been the most exciting lap they've watched all day. And just the roar of the crowd as he's tearing across the top of Mount Panorama. It's, you know, it's great stuff. Like, to the point, I couldn't even remember who won Bathurst that year. But that's all I remember from it was Brocky's lap on the Saturday. When he comes up through the top of Reed Park there, I think it is a front wheels in the air for ages. The thing's set up pretty soft. If you listen to it with speakers on, if you listen to it with a headphone on um, YouTube, it sounds really good. It's his qualifying lap. But uh, he's saying that when he comes, I've seen an interview with him that year as well. And he's going, look, I can't win it. You know, people's expectations, I'm just glad to be here. And he goes, I just love coming across the top of the mountain. 
He has seriously the welcome here is outstanding. And he, he, like this guy could be coming 15. He doesn't care. As long as he peels across the top and the crowd just lose their shit every time. Mark <laughs> Scaife, Mark Scaife won it in a, some sort of homosexual lizard, like Gayzilla or some shit. I don't know. He, uh, he won it. But the interesting thing is on YouTube, when mm. you back this win, 1991, yeah. Mark Scaife's victory as he crosses the line has got 21,000 views. That mm. lap in qualifying that you just described to Peter Perfect has got 250,000 views. Well, I'm not surprised, mate. I'm sure it's a highlight for a lot of people. And, you know, like, oh, I couldn't remember if 19 well, was, I, you know, with the Skylines. That wasn't the pack of arsholes year. When was that? Was that no, 90 92. or 92? 92, oh, okay. yeah. Because he didn't yeah, okay. win the race. You know, you know what happened. He didn't win the race and they gave it to him because he was the last one to cross the line on the mm. start of that lap. But second place was uh, behind the Godzilla. Was in '91, I beg your pardon. Was Grice in Win Purse in the okay, yep. And then yeah. third was Mark Dibbs in a Godzilla. So what the hell was he doing if he could get? I know why he got beat because mainly Win Percy and Gricey, but it's an imported four wheel drive turbo four wheel steer thing versus a V eight real drive. It's not racing's a loser when it's like that. Yeah, not yeah. sour, sour grapes because uh, fucking Nissan won, but it's not good racing. It's not a good format, and it didn't last anyway. But uh, yeah, that was just interesting that the uh, the amount of views. So you know they're not getting it. They need the V8s. It's great. Bathurst is great with the V8s. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely is. Racing back then is, I don't know, it's still more exciting than it is today, I think, I find. But, look, you're much more of a V8 supercar fan than I am. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to sort of sit back and just kind of tag along for the ride here. But tell us what your thoughts are on V8 supercars at the moment. The first thing is I'll just tell you they'd done it quite sneakily two and a half years ago and didn't tell anybody. You know the V8 supercars? They just lost the V8 out of their name overnight. No announcement, no anything about two and a half oh, years okay. ago. So it's yeah, supercars. Right. They just pulled it out at the middle of the night. But I'm a fan of the V8 supercars. This is in no way me justifying it. I don't know them anything. I'm just saying what it is. They're 650 horsepower, five-litre pushrod V8 engines in a rear-wheel drive car on slicks. Yeah, yeah. Getting lit up in some of the best national tracks, you know. When you compare them to the old cars, the modern car does 100 kilometres an hour more down Conrod, yep. faster than a GTHO Falcon. So that's that's pretty crazy. I just wanted to cover off a bit on last year's race. The race at Newcastle was the final race and the final lap, and it, almost in the well, – not the final corner, but the final lap, the championship still hadn't been decided. So one thing that tells you the parity rules work. Not one yes. team can run away that say the parity rules work. Again, I'm not justifying about supercars, but it came down to the last lap. And Craig Lowndes, I will call, the hero of Newcastle, anybody who watched it, he had to put it all on the line to come 11th or 12th. And it's fairly easy when you watch sport, like a football or something, say, why don't they tackle harder or a supercar or a road bike or something? Why don't they just stuff it up the inside? But when he's in the thing, you know, 160, 180, 200 k's an hour pulling third gear and just has to send it, put his body on the line for, for win cup to win. It's a fucking hero, mate. That's my take on it anyway, basically. Yeah, but, yes. yeah, definitely. Right, I was basically the way the year ended up, 2017, Ludo left Red Bull after a very successful career. He was their the chief engineer and a very, sex, very successful career. And he went to DJR Penske Holden. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Even I know that's not right. God, fuck me. Right, yeah, I'm a retard. 2017 was an excellent year. Ludo left Red Bull Holden at the end of 16 to go to DJR Racing. And Roland Dane, who was the chief of Red Bull, cried on television. He, he, he accused 
Ludo have been duplicit and stuff without being on too much about it. So when he went to Penske, they built the fastest car that Scott Max number 17 Falcon was the best car I've seen in years. They should have won the season by 150 points, but it just proves two things. Putting 17 on the door of a Falcon slows it down. And ten years after, <laughs> and ten years after Brocky died, Dick Johnson still can't buy a fucking cup. <laughs> the V8s oh. themselves, when they come, I think everybody at Townsville gets into it because not much comes to Townsville. But when the V8 rolls into town, it is just excellent. I really enjoy the day there. It's an excellent day. You've got when you walk in there, the day's a carnival about cars. Even if you're not into V8 supercars, they've got. When you walk in, there's dirt bikes doing backflip on the in, backflips on the infield, like the freestyle dirt bike guys. That's enough to see on one day for you to be happy. They've yeah, got yeah. the drift drift utes, the hot wheel utes. Have you seen them Muppets? Yeah. They are <laughs> unreal, man. They're driving like I want. I'm like, give it to a boys. They've got the stunt bikes as well. Matt Mingay, I don't think he does anymore. You know, some of them guys on the stunt bikes that just do, honestly, probably 120k an hour alpine flick on a road bike on a tar track. So this is all happening. This is not even the main event. They've got the stadium trucks, which are nuts, and V8 Yankee thing. Oh, I love watching those things, yeah. They're crazy. And that's not to mention the racing as well, but one of the complaints a lot of my friends have is the booze. You know, they go, oh, it's, it's got mid-strength. I really, really, really question people's commitment to drinking. You know, if you drink 18 cans, you'll get shit-faced. I mean, I've done it. I've proved it. Christ, I'm dying in my third of a cup, mate. This all it takes yeah. to get me pissed these days. I mean, you know, and homodulation. People say and that uh, homodulation, is it, am I saying that word right? I actually wouldn't have a clue. Oh, that's where they I, I seriously don't know. I know homologated. I've, I've spelt it. I've just never said it. All right. That's where, you know, you have to have the forwards are forwards, the holds are holds in the races there. I think that might be a bit of horseshit, actually. An entire format based on new car buyers is not good, and it's not good for racing, and that's why, basically, it died. It's it's more about what you can sell. There's going to be more people that buy an energy drink. That's why it's Red Bull Holden. That's why it's not Holden Red Bull. And for the people who say, oh, it's not a real Ford or it's not a Holden, for the last 11 years, there has been Ford versus Holden, XR8 versus SS every week right. at the supercars. It's been the Ute series. That's one series down from the uh, Dunlop series, basically. So you've got the Utes. Have you seen them, the V8 Utes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have actually. Well, I know about them. Yeah, I, I'm they, aware they, they exist. Yeah. They finished last year, whatever. But every weekend at the race, and it was so good. I really enjoyed it. And the engines in them, I've heard better engines in a car park. They're not a very worked engine. They're a control engine. And one of the guys told me they get two years out of them Coyote 5 liters in one race team unopened. Two wow. Years. Yeah, right. So that racing was right there, and it died. I mean, it's it, it's now gone. I've heard hotter engines in cars at a service station that are on them cars, but it's all over. So there, there was the Ford versus Holden. You know, it was right there. Yeah, I think so. I agree. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what people do. I mean, you always remember, you know, years ago, those those guys who got trapped in the, the mine disaster in Tasmania. I remember seeing an interview with those guys and they were talking about, oh, you know, what did you talk about for all that time? And they're like, oh, we're just comparing notes and realised how different we were. So, mate, you're into Fords or Holdens. One guy was into Fords, the other was into Holdens. So they're having like the Ford versus Holden debate stuck <laughs> underground. Like it's it's just part of the Australian culture. I, 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 Christ, wait you're into crisis, you just don't know where you are. You're just kind of no man's land. <laughs> Let's call them valiance. Yeah, okay. So, so I mean, it's just that when I was, I did wonder about how a race can, can be viable when it doesn't win. So I watched the thing on the Supercross. I like the Supercross. And Rockstar Husky have got a guy who owns it called Bobby Hewitt. And he, right. he explained something quite well. He goes, look, we'd love to win, but what we're here to do is increase our advertisers' footprint. Yeah, okay. I mean, by having, times. Yeah, by having an interesting rider, having some stuff in the pits that's, you know, have a good a good rider anyway, someone who's up there. 
having a good social media background, uh, a good social media content. So that's they're actually trying to just improve the market footprint. Sounds good. You want to kick on with some, finish off our 91 cars? Yeah, I guess we better with third episode in the making. So, mate, you got a couple of cars you want to tie off from 91? I have. It's uh, Mark Saunders. He's got the LH drama. Oh, yeah. Another from one RPM. Of the... Yes. Yeah. Uh, you said from RPM before. What's that, mate? What's that reference to? Uh, I think it was his business name. In South Australia, I think it was Road Performance Modifications, oh, something right. like that. Right. He went on to build that. I've mentioned this prior. He went on to build the uh, HK Monaro, the Heat Seeker. It was kind of a purpley coloured thing. Yeah, Heat put Seeker it, Monaro a few years ago. Yeah, I put it up in my shed last night on the retro wall, actually. In a, ah, one of the magazines okay. I bought, I put it up on the wall. The thing I yeah. like about Mark's LH Tirana, I like the blue. I like that colour blue. It's a mm. very uncommon. You wouldn't get away with it, you wouldn't think normally. But it's got a... A 4.4 litre Rover Leyland engine in it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And hey, just quickly, that car used to be white as well. Just oh, okay. a little bit of extra crappy information for you. Yeah, but when, as you when, were, sorry. When you look under the bonnet, it's got, of the, obviously, of that period, you know, it's got so much paint on that engine. I mean, that engine would weigh the same as the NTC Cummins. Have you seen the paint on the thing? <laughs> yeah, and those engines are obviously alloy to start with, all alloys. So, um, yeah, that's a big call, definitely. Oh, it's got the uh, single rail Ford gearbox in it, you know, the, the removable shifter, the optional shifter. <laughs> when you smack second, it goes uh, out the back window. Yep, you're left, ones. And you're left gripping your shank uh, it's got the xd lsd diffs i mean for that time a top loader a nine dinger and a chev would be pretty pretty prevalent as it is in any any time of any any timeline yeah but so yeah. it's just something a bit different it's got no drop tank it's got no recaros so i think it was just yeah. a little a little bit different but the thing that i need help with i think i've asked you as well and it just blows me away how's the engine bay photo whether mm, I know what you're saying. It's it's a lot different, you know, of course, to a normal standard Tirana engine bay. So there's obviously a lot of fab work going in there. It's pretty much just, I think, hanging the Tirana panels off the front. It's put well. a full chassis under it. But mm. if you have a look in the photo, I'll post this photo. The front rails join to the flat flywheel. I just don't know how he's done it. I don't know whether he's actually welded it on there and just used a bit of a bit of bog or whether it's one piece or it's plastic. It's definitely something that I haven't seen before and I haven't studied enough. I just thought I'll post it and we might ask a few of our of our moots if they know anything. Yeah, they sure. Can, it's just it's no, not, definitely. it's just a bit confusing. Yeah, but you're right the way it is. And it's got V five Simmons. You love those things. Look, I, I think for me, really, that Tirana is kind of almost pro-touring before it became a common thing. Yeah, I'd you know, agree with that. Does that yeah. make sense? I, yeah. I definitely would. It's put one more car there just to finish off the 91, so I might throw this and you can give us ours. And it's not. It's actually Master Blaster, Pro EA. Oh, of course, the uh, World Well Engineering EA Falcon, yeah. And all I want to talk about on that is actually the cover shot. Have you seen the cover shot? It's got the flame. Yes. Yeah. Actually, so I read the story uh, by the editor got his name here who was it actually the words were by noel tucky oh yeah yeah and peter Bateman was the ph- photograph photographer they kept the power windows the clock the sound system all that stuff so maybe that was a bit of a pros on too actually tim Britton was the editor and, and his story about the car is really good i won't ruin it for anybody but i was actually going to go back and read the magazine they put the got the army to help put the flames down and to light the actual flames to give it a really good uh it's an excellent cover shot what I yeah. what I do if somebody shoots us an email or gets in contact with us, I'll pop that uh, that magazine in the post for anybody that really wants it. I'll give it to somebody. I've I've enjoyed it. Oh, I'm sick of it now, but guy. yeah, so I find it yeah. excellent. So just want to yeah, talk. no good stuff. Yeah, it's June '91. Right, so mate, that's me finish for the '91 cars, buddy. What are yours, mate? Look, just quickly on that EA, I'm going to add a little bit in. You know, it's funny. Of course, that car was basically a brand new car when it was done, the brand new body shell, and 
it's funny how that car is thought of now compared to, I guess, earlier stuff. Like, do you think in another 10 or 20 years' time, if someone's doing something to an EA, they're going to be classed as wrecking a classic? Or do you think pretty much the plastic bumper thing kills that idea? Uh, no, I don't. Obviously, you know, my car, I don't buy into the classic plastic mm, bumper stuff. I, yeah. Obviously, I feel like a, you know, a primary skid cool <laughs> going to high school and I turn up anywhere and there's just all steel bumpers and they kind of buy it. I'm in a fucking <laughs> mocked up Brockendor, so that's, a, yeah. So. Doesn't your VK have a statesman grill off a WB? It did last time you come, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we, we did have fun. We I had a couple of different cars that I was doing for a couple of friends. And, uh, I should have zip-tied that grill on to see if you didn't notice. I yeah. just like, what are you doing to me, car, mate? He's like, we're customising it. That's when we decided that <laughs> cutting up a VK bonnet is, is worth less than the boost clamps on Terry Singh's HDT 275, didn't we? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, just last thing, that EA. Remember, we talked about Wayne Pagel with Gas 69, and you do you remember the, the ute he built after Gas 69? It was a white Holden ute, an HJ or something, or HZ maybe, and it had an injected 454 in it. No, sorry, Simon. Oh, I will send you. It's a great-looking thing. White, auto-drags, tough car. That car was actually a stopgap for him. He After he sold Gas 69, he was building a Falcon, that the Joneses at World War were actually doing all the tin work and stuff on. So, as you know, at that time, his his mates being Rob Beecham was built the VL Calais, and here Greg Carlson had built VK Blow and Silly. So, of course, even though he's a Holden man, he was still, this is Wayne, was happy enough to do something forward, and he was actually building an XF Falcon that was being done to that style. Full pro street, tin work and all the rest of it, and he's going to put that injected 454 in it. But as time kind of went on, you know, he got busy with other things with family life. And then once that EA was being built by the Joneses, it kind of just put it out of contention because it was now a more modern body style over the XF and he kind of shelved the project. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, that car. I mean, I think it's still around. It probably would look exactly the same. I remembered a couple of years later, it had a few paint changes done and some graphics added to it. This is like the EA. But um, I think they still own the car to be pretty much exactly as it is, I'd, I'd almost bet. But for 1991 for me, just a couple of cars I wanted to touch off on. Do you remember Bam Bam's HQ sedan? I mentioned this very briefly in a previous episode. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Bam Bam. Well, David Martin was his name, but Bam Bam was his nickname. He built that awesome HQ sedan called Reflections. It had a WB Statesman front. The uh, roof was had a roof chop. I mean, imagine a roof chopping a sedan. Like, I think the roof was lowered like three or four inches. Uh, it had the my favourite HQ taillight mod besides uh, Fairlane or LTD taillights is the triple taillights. You know when they add like an extra brake lamp, so you've got three taillights on each side of an HQ on an HQ bumper, rear bumper. Yeah, Matty Waters 55 sent us a photo during the week. Oh, of one. yes. Yeah, that's on the yellow one. That's I love that mod. It had that done to it. It had both the world's hugest and skinniest striker, gold striker rims you've ever seen. I think they were like 14s on the back of something stupid. Ran a blonde 350 Chev. It was like a dark blue color or blackish color with pink graphics and stuff. Um, that was a great car, but it just it, it kind of got to a sad end. Now, of course, Bam Bam being from Perth, it brought the car to the east for summer nets and all that sort of stuff. Is it storage at Calder? And... Um, it had a lot of bits stolen off it, you know, so... Fuck me. Yeah, like, you know, someone broke into the shed and stole the bits and pieces of it, and so he ended up getting the car back, and he rebuilt it, 
you know, replace all the missing stuff, and then it actually later on, after it was rebuilt, it actually got set on fire. Was that you barking? No, nah, it's a dog. Sorry. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, the um, <laughs> it ended up getting burnt to a crisp, like some guy set on fire. So it's such a shame that when cars like that sort of go that way. But the other big one from '91 that should have been mentioned before anything else we ever spoke about. Phil Rilotta's LC Tirana, the red one. Remember, yep. with the, it had the blowing thousand horsepower Rodec small block Chev in it. I've opened the magazine. I've got it open right now. Oh, mate, just get onto YouTube and see photos of him driving it on the street. I'm oh, sorry, video of him driving it on the street. Oh, really? Yeah, mate, with wedding bands on it and stuff. Never backwards coming forwards. He's always happy to give that thing a drive. I think it's it's being rebuilt at the moment. But interestingly enough, another bit of Simo crappy nostalgia information for you. That car featured in Australian street riding many years ago. And it was the mintest looking red LC Tirana you've ever seen. It ran a six-cylinder with triple Webers and had auto drags on it. So he must have owned this car for, I don't know, mate. It'd have to be like nearly, you know, probably 35 years maybe. And it was a beautiful car then, and it is just such an iconic car from that time, or from my entire life, basically. Like, I love that thing. And, um, yeah, kudos to him for actually driving it, too. In the Street Machine story, it's uh, Mike Gribble, and the photos are by Garside, but it's one of the photos that I've always loved. It's got uh, wheelie bars, a parachute, and a fucking number yeah. plate. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And those, that's no, the holy trinity street, street car one. for me. That's me, amen. I love that look. at <laughs> Mr. Hyde from back in the day stuff. But it's just a nut job. It's, it's for, for those of us who look, then you see the number plate, you get a giggle. You go, right, I'm, I'm yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Great car and for also, an excellent car. Also, for 1991, just one thing I wanted to sort of talk about was the van of the year, Australian panel van of the year, was actually Mark Ivey's HR van called Badass. Now, it was a candy apple red colour. It had a flip front, jag rear, V8, of course. It was He was from South Australia somewhere, and he built this HR panel van. And, um, yeah, it's funny, that van, you'll know it probably better as Iron Man. A guy by the name of Paul Murray, he bought it as a run-down thing a few years ago, and he's rebuilt it. It's now Iron Man. It's done really well on the show circuit and the van national sh- circuit over the last few years. Are you familiar with that car? No, I might have to get you to pop it up for us. What, did it not feature in Street Machine? Yeah, I'll pop it up and put some pictures up as well. No, it did. It's actually featured as Badass back in the day, but it also featured uh, as Iron Man in the June 2015 edition where we did the Van Wheels special. Oh, yeah, that right. rings a bell at all. I yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool car. And the thing I love about, one of the things I love about that car the most, it actually used a mould of that. It had, you know, a fiberglass flip front. Yep. That was actually taken. It was one built by, um, remember Graham Cowan who built that HR Ute? <laughs> Not the Graham, red one? not Rocket. No, no, no. Different. I should have got his name wrong. You know Graham, the guy had that red HR unit at the Street Machine Nationals. He'd no. do the burnout comp with no front on it, just be this grill and headlight sitting there. Yeah, I know the car. It's not Graham Cowan, but unless he's got oh. the same yeah. God, don't you hate the fact that, like, Alzheimer's is, is slipping in? I even did a story on it recently. Craft. You know, a revival story, so... Uh, my apologies to Graham. Anyway, a guy called Graham had that cool as red HR Ute back in the day, and um, yeah, it had that flip front. And the, so yeah, the front for Badass and later Iron Man came actually from from him, which I think is just a really Sweet. cool little connection. Graham Cowley, not Cowan. I can't uh, even read my own name. I can't read my own writing. It's Graham. Yeah, none Graham of us Cowley. can read your writing, mate. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I tell you what, though, you know, you look at cars like that, and I think back to what I was driving in 1991. 
compared to like the cars we just talk about and you think oh man I was just so far behind the eight ball I had my little hotted up mini I'd had my license for a few weeks my little red Cooper S replica just to tear around in so had twin carbs and all this it was a fun little car you know, so that was a that was a cool thing. Minis are fun little car. You just mentioned that uh, 2015 magazine had done the flashback to the panel van. Yeah, van wheels. Yeah. yeah. So you were actually the editor for that, and I think I wrote the forward. You did. That's yeah, exactly so right. We, we should. Uh, you guys want a copy of that? Get hold of it. It's pretty good. It's a good read, actually. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun doing that, and a lot of a lot of fun talking about that whole van scene. So, yeah. I think that's really where we started to kick off or get get serious about. Where are they now? And them sort of things. That's mm. something you and I have definitely got a passion for, that side of it. And I think yeah, that's that's our, right. a lot of our mutts have too. It's one of the first comments that comes up, and it's great when somebody can answer it. Exactly right. And just the fact people are just as passionate about it as we are makes a huge difference. And it's funny, I've got a good bit of feedback. It's actually, look, I know this guy, Chris McKenzie, but I hadn't seen him for a long time. I went to school and they were good friends. And anyway, he said, hey, listen, I'm really enjoying the podcast you and Redmond are doing. And he goes, it's brought back a lot of memories. But Chris actually reminded me of something that happened in that mini I had in back in 91 about the time. Have I ever told you about the time I got a, a double barrel shotgun pulled on me? No. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mate. Was it when you, was, this is worth it. Just go with me. Was, was you telling the guy about Yumbos and he just splintered? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Hey, speaking of Hungry Jacks, there's a Hungry Jacks being built around the corner from me now, right next door to a childcare centre. Isn't that just suicide? All those poor parents. Say Yumbo, I'm holding this thing. Just <laughs> okay, right. So here's back in 91. I'm in my red mini and I'm living at the Gap. And we used to hang around at the mobile at the Gap. And we decided, you know, when you're like 17, so you're kind of old enough to have a license, but you're not old enough to actually go out, like, you know, get into nightclubs and stuff. You're in that in-between. So we used to obviously drive a lot and hang out with friends with cars. And <laughs> this one particular Friday night, I had my license for about two weeks. I'm in my Mini. Anyway, Chris, my mate Chris McKenzie's with me. And we uh, we decided to, I don't know, go for a drive. Like, place we used to go to burnouts and stuff was up the back of Upper Kedron back when there was nothing there and another mate had a Fairlane like a ZJ Fairlane it was his parents old car used to fly around in so he had you know he's in that and I'm in the mini and we're flying along and we were kind of racing each other along Selmont Road at the Gap getting towards the Gap Mountain to go over towards Capera and I thought Mate, like the, the ZJ Fairlane, of course, it just had the legs on me over a mini, but I knew I could take him on the mountain because the thing handled like a wet noodle, right? And I knew I could take him up the mountain. And once once it got went back to single lane, so I'd just basically be the winner. So anyway, we get to the mountain and it splits from one lane into two. And I, you know, my mate in the Fairlane, he's in the left lane, I'm in the right lane. And then there's this car in the right lane in front of me. He's doing like 40 k's an hour in a 60 zone. It's night time. This old little K30 Corolla station wagon. So anyway, fuck. So anyway, I wasn't far enough for the Fairlane at that stage. I had to back off and pull in behind the Fairlane. As we've gone past, he's yeah, giving me right, the yep. finger because he knows I'm fucked. Like he's giving me the, this, <laughs> my mate in the Fairlane's giving me the finger. Anyway, so I pulled in behind him. But then as we got past the Corolla, I'm like doing double his speed. I've kind of like cut this guy off to get into the right lane to then buy me enough time to get past my mate's fair lane. Mate, this guy did, he was not impressed with this cutting off job, right? And it just turned out that I didn't get past the fair lane because we had all, we just came upon all this slow traffic. 
Anyway, so I get in behind the fair lane, and next thing, this Corolla is up my ass. Like, he is fully weaving side to side. He's flashing the high beams at me. He's, he's, he's just melting the horn relay, chasing me. And so I'm stuck, I'm stuck, and I'm going all the way down. I probably went for another K or a couple of Ks with this guy up my ass. And Chris is like, man, this guy's fucking looping out. And I said to Chris, we got up near where the old Capera Drivings used to be, and I said, look, we'll just pull over on the side of Sanford Road here. Just let him get out of his system. He can abuse me. And just let's just get it over and done with, right? Anyways, yep, no worries. So I come around the corner and I pull over to the left, like into the emergency lane. This fucking Corolla locks up the brakes right next to me to the point where I couldn't open my car door. Like he is that close to the car. And I've looked over, and of course it's this bikey fella, right? And <laughs> he's looked at me and he's got this humongous beard, and there's, it's, it's literally there's this big pig dog sitting in the left passenger seat. So he's looking across the pig dog with the big, you know, the big curved snout. And he looks at me and goes, you want to play fucking games, you little c**t? We'll play fucking games. He picks up this double-barrel shotgun from the passenger floor, stretches his left arm out, so his arm's kind of nearly reaching the left side of the Fuck car. That. The double-barrel shotgun goes across the gap between his left door and my driver's door. And I'm looking literally down the barrels of a double-barrel shotgun. And he gets the gun and he clonks it, taps it into my forehead, right? Of course, in the meantime, he's having to move the gun up because my pants are filling with shit and I'm getting taller in the seat. And I just remember looking at him and I went... Sorry. And so I'm like, I think my voice is breaking for the second time in my teenage years. And then he took off, and that was that. It's funny, you know, my good mate Gary, I, I, I swear it was Gary. Like, it just looks like him. I should always ask him about that one day. Because I just, you know, since, in, you know, like 10, 15 years later, I, you know, became mates with this guy through Vans called Gary, and I swear it looks like him. But we shat. <laughs> and Chris McKenzie said, you know what? I think she just dropped me home. I said, you know what? I think that's a pretty good idea. And funnily enough, on the way back to dropping Chris home, we got pulled over by the cops. And I'm there, and I'm trying to get my... And I'm, like, shitting myself still from this shotgun. And I'm trying to get my license out of my wallet. And the, the cop is saying, mate, you don't need to be nervous. You haven't done anything wrong. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yes, I think I'll be pulled over. Meanwhile, I'm just still shitting myself as I've had a gun pulled on me. And I, like, got my license out and gave it to him. And, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a lesson, that one. It's not. It's not like in the movies when someone pulls on you. Don't say something cool like, "Get to the chopper." It's nothing like that, is it? <laughs> it is nothing even remotely close to that. So, hasn't happened since. So that's got to be a good thing. So anyway, did you have your hey, uh, did you have your brown pants on? <laughs> they didn't start off that way, but <laughs> it's all good. Hey, um. What do you want to do for episode eight? Have you got anything in the year of the 2000s, uh, the new millennium? Have you got a particular year, year you'd like to choose from then? Oh, let's make it 2002 because if you drop the zero, it's a 202. Oh, <laughs> Boom. mate, I cannot think of a better justification than that. And it's funny, you know, when we first talked about, you know, doing a year from each decade, you think, oh, the 2000s, that's too recent. 2002 was like friggin' 16 years ago. I know. It's a long time ago. So I think it's definitely the, the decade of the 2000s is definitely worth a go. So um, I'll do some research and we'll have a good chat about 2002. You better go onto eBay and get some magazines. Fuck eBay. <laughs> It's just all up top, isn't it, mate? It's all in your mind. It is. <laughs> awesome, mate. I look forward to speaking to you about 2002 and episode 8. Sounds good. All right. Cheers, mate. Cheers.